Do you feel politically homeless? Lost in the chaos of modern politics? Not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle Podcast, Season 3. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS studios located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Joining me today is former state Senate candidate and current chair of the Rutherford County Democratic Party, Miss Kelly Northcutt. Kelly, welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. I'm just really tickled to be here to uh, to be on your podcast, and I, I appreciate your having me on. Well, thanks, Kelly. I, you know, the Democrats, have you have something really important to share with the listeners of our podcast, and that's one of the main... We'll get into politics a little bit later, but this pandemic, has, as we know, is, has uh, been hard on a lot of folks out there. It really has, yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm always into politics, but this this is something that can help every everybody. Everybody's been hit in one way or another, influenced by this pandemic. It's just, it's just unavoidable, and it's just it's gone on so long that it really has taken its toll on a lot of people. It sure has. So it doesn't matter how you vote or who you vote for. You you would be eligible. And what you're here to talk about is the rental relief program that's being offered in Rutherford County. So Kelly, that's right. It's a it's a federal program, uh, and the state is running it through THDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the county, Rutherford County, has received almost ten million dollars to disseminate to people to help with rent relief and utility relief. So basically, if you are behind on your bills due to COVID any time within the last year, then this program is there to help you. And that's what we're here to do. We're, we're a community partner because of our infrastructure, because we have volunteers and we have so many people that care about our community. Mm-hmm. We've stepped up to become a community partner along with Rutherford County government to help with letting folks know that this is out there and to help them through the process, through letting them know if they're eligible, uh, helping them apply, uh, letting them know where the resources are. So if they need, if they don't have access to a scanner or a computer or a printer, uh, then we can guide them towards community partners that can help them with that. Or if they, uh, you know, lack computer access or just the the savvy on how to do this, because like any program, you know, it's it's complicated. They need a lot of documentation, and and so we're here to kind of we're just here to help people. Yeah, 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 and I think that's wonderful because a lot of times when people think about political parties, they think, oh, you're just you know you're trying to get people elected, or but but you're here, you're actually just trying to help the community and the members out there. I know a lot of folks in the in the uh, hospitality industry, in the restaurant industry, and and there are a lot of other different people that have been impacted too. But that's really where the focus has been uh, on this uh, from this pandemic. And so there are a lot of, especially young folks, mm-hmm. that might not even know that they're eligible for this program. So Kelly, let's get into the details about this. Who who is eligible? Well, uh, the eligibility is uh, based on um, based on income. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
For the next two weeks, the priority is going to be people that fall at 50% or less of the, uh, it's like the average average median income for the area. Gotcha. Uh, so there, you know, there, <clears throat> there are monetary guidelines based on what you made. Right. And then um, basically if you make under 50% of that income, and it's based on how big your household is. So, you know, you can make more, but if you have, you know, two kids and two adults in the home and you are afraid that you're going to be evicted, mm-hmm. this program is there to help you. Or if your electricity might be shut off, it's mm-hmm. there to help with utilities as well. Um, you're eligible if you make 80% of the uh, of that income guideline, uh-huh. but for the next two weeks, the focus is going to be on getting people signed up who make 50% or less gotcha. of the average median income. So they're the priority. Yeah. Exactly, because we because I think the uh, the grant the the program kind of figures that those are the people that will need it the most that are hit the hardest by this because they have mm-hmm. less of a cushion. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. so that's going to be. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to anybody, but mostly we want people to know that this is available and for the next two weeks, those people will get a priority. But if, you're, um, if your income has been impacted, like you were saying, the service industry, mm-hmm. you know, if, you're, uh, if you work at a restaurant and you were either laid off or your hours were greatly reduced, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, it's like there are bars and restaurants and live entertainment and mm-hmm. uh, even if you're uh, you know, an Uber driver or yeah. you know, delivery person, it's like so much has been impacted right. by that. It's a cascade. It really is. And, and then this is a wonderful way that the government can help people and help the economy keep going and keep, we, we have to keep a roof over folks' head. I mean, exactly. A, a, until we get everyone vaccinated and get to that herd immunity, uh, we, you know, isn't that what government's supposed to do, Kelly, is help yes, people? Yes, that's what I think we're supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. and, and so the, this is to make sure that people can at least have housing security, mm-hmm. that they won't be evicted, and it's to, you know, keep people from becoming homeless because of the impact of COVID-19. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's like... Uh, losing your job that's that's a big uh, you know that 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 takes up a lot of a lot of your time it causes a lot of stress you're trying to replace that income and sometimes that's just hard to do you know because of the pandemic so and it causes so much more stress in so many areas Mm -hmm. of your life you know it causes uh you know food insecurity you can have your utilities shut off and you know goodness if you've got kids i can't imagine the the stress level that you must be living with right when you throw in the home the school the zoom meetings in school when you throw all that together yeah and and you know the worry about you know people getting sick and you know maybe you've had family members affected and Mm -hmm. uh so this is just an effort to give some relief to that and to keep people from being evicted and you know even if you can afford to get another place it's like then you have the you know first and last month's rent and and all that process so yeah. it, it really is a burden on people yeah and that's, this that's this wonderful. recognizes that so yeah, isn't yeah. that great so so yeah. um i'm sure that people are wondering if they qualify or if they don't i think yeah. what you're probably want to say kelly is give us a call and we'll find out for you exactly yes Mm -hmm. we have a we have a helpline um Mm -hmm. you can either email it's housinghelp at rcdp 
org, or you can call our phone number. We have a dedicated phone number to this, and leave a message, and we'll have one of our volunteers get back to you within 24 hours. Wow. So if you're in need of help and desperate, you you know we we understand that sure. desperation, and we're there to reach out and help you navigate this. Yeah. And that phone number is six one five two seven zero eight five four three. Okay. And even if you want to, if you're not in this situation, but you, especially if you have a background in social work of some kind and mm-hmm. you want to volunteer, mm-hmm. we're looking for volunteers because once we start getting the word out, we expect more people to call in. Absolutely. Um, and they can call the same number or the same email address that yes, you just gave. Exactly. To, to and if you want to volunteer, you help. yes, mm-hmm. we would greatly appreciate it. Well, and we are the volunteer state, Kelly. We are. And yeah. there's a lot of good folks out there that are looking for something to do to help other people who are struggling through this so exactly mm-hmm. yeah so um, folks out there give them a call if you, if you want to help someone through this give them a call it's it's a very tangible way to make a positive difference absolutely so what else about this kelly i know i'm, I'm sure they probably look at your tax returns is how they determine your eligibility they do and well then, or your income or you know your, your paycheck level. stubs okay. yeah because sometimes okay. what you make this year isn't the same as what you make last year yeah, so that's because a of the really pandemic. big deal it sure is right. because what folks made in 2019 may not necessarily be what they made in 2020 exactly so uh, so the the very low income the under 50 percent uh for rutherford county if you have uh say a family of four is uh an income of forty one thousand one hundred fifty dollars so that that is the level for 50%. Like I said, they'll be the priority for the next couple of weeks. Right. But the limit of 80% for mm-hmm. that same family of four, you can make up to $65,850, mm-hmm. and you'll still qualify for rent and utility relief. That's fantastic. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, I think it's a realistic cutoff, especially because of the impact that this has had on people. Uh, so... And it helps. It what it can help with is paying back overdue rent, overdue back rent. due, uh-huh. f- up to a year. Wow. So if you started having problems in March of last year right. when the the you know shutdown started, mm-hmm. this program can pay up to a year of past due rent. Wow! I know it's just amazing. Yeah. And if you've already been evicted, mm-hmm. it can it can pay up to three months into the future. Okay. Or if you are still in an apartment and you have past due rent, it can still pay up to three months of future rent. Right. Because, you know, there's a great possibility your income won't change just because you've paid off your back due rent. Right, exactly. And the good thing is that both... both the landlord and the tenant have to sign on to it. Okay. So you'll already know that your landlord will accept this. Mm-hmm. You'll know when they get it. It'll go directly to your landlord. Okay. So that makes that makes landlords more likely to join into the program too, because they'll be reassured that they'll be getting their past due rent. Right. It, it they that that way they can avoid any of the possible legal or anything that might be going on. I mean, exactly. You know, folks, uh, we you know no one would sit here and say that landlords don't deserve to be paid their rent. Oh, exactly. So, they have mortgages to pay often. Yeah, you know, and yeah. they they need that. For 
for you know upkeep so uh landlords can apply to this as well wow. um so okay. that's a good thing too to yeah. know if you you know are uh you know kind of running your own if you have a couple of rental properties yeah. you know it's like you're not you know some, you're not like you know big apartments right, but <laughs> um, some of your tenants are having trouble possibly right and uh-huh. and a lot of folks have been extending you know grace to folks but it's like that's difficult on a landlord as well at some point yeah. so mm-hmm. uh we encourage either tenants or landlords to apply wow and uh there there are you know different documentation that that you'll need as one party or the other sure uh but you'll but walk them through that exactly mm-hmm. and there's a there's a portal uh for for the the um for the program and basically uh we'll kind of go over the documents that you need and help you help walk you through it if you run into any you know anything that's cumbersome yeah um and you know kind of help guide you so that you know where to go to get what and you know how to how to accomplish that so that you can you can qualify for this right a lot of folks get uh, overwhelmed at possibly the paperwork or they see that and they think oh well i'm just this is just too much but i think it's wonderful that the democrats are stepping up and offering to help people navigate this well thank you i mean you know the 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 main reason that i got involved in politics in general is because you want to make life better for people yeah and so this is walking the walk you know this exactly. is <laughs> yeah. this is just showing up for the community yeah i mean um dr seuss and mr potato head <laughs> you know it, it is it really doesn't matter it's it's people having yeah. a home over their head uh, having a roof over their head exactly trying to, to trying to make life better for yeah. the the people that you know that live and work and go to school in yeah. this same community absolutely so, well, Kelly, anything else you'd like to add about the about the rental pr- uh, relief program? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, our most of our help will be like either by email or over the phone because uh, we're concerned about COVID and with our volunteers as well. Absolutely. Um, any appointments that are necessary will be by. Uh, I mean any in-person will be by appointment only. Mm-hmm. And so we can do that if needed. But okay. for the most part, um, we can. We feel sure we can help guide you through it, either over the phone or online. Absolutely. Um, so, but if we need to meet in person to help you with something or, you know, help you with documentation, we'll that do that arranged. Yeah, with mm-hmm. an appointment. Yeah. Um, there, there are other uh, community uh partners okay uh the rutherford county library system is helping people with access to uh, computers and scanners and that can be vital since you have to go to the online portal to qualify and to submit your documentation Mm -hmm. um so everybody needs to you know keep that in mind don't let don't let access to technology you know stop you from even attempting to apply yes um we're uh, as you mentioned before we want to help everybody so it we're not going to ask you who you voted for right, <laughs> we right. we honestly if you're in this situation and you need help we want to help you yeah. and it, it doesn't matter you know who who you vote for or what your political ideas are we we want to help because that's who we are and it has nothing to do with who who you are so wonderful. that's wonderful yeah mm-hmm. um the even if you're outside of Rutherford County, because okay. I realize you probably have a lot of people that listen to you from all have, over yeah. the uh, congressional district and all over Tennessee, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the um, 
If you're interested in applying for the program outside of Rutherford County, you can go to thda.org, and there's a link to the portal, so you can That's apply THDA. there. thda.org. That's right. Okay, yeah. wonderful. So, yeah, Kelly, it's unbelievable, but 30% of our audience is in Davidson County, if you can believe that. And this show That's is wonderful. really focused towards Middle Tennessee, you know, Yeah. Well, rural we, areas. Rutherford yeah. County really is the heart of Middle Tennessee, really so is. I understand yeah. that yeah. that interest comes this way. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. Okay, Kelly, well, anything else? Well, we're going to get into politics. Politics, folks, and, we, but we yeah. <laughs> wanted to do this first because uh, because it's so important, and there's there are a lot of folks out there, good people that really could use this help. Yes, definitely, and uh, and mostly it's just for anyone who has had a COVID hardship. So yeah. you may have to, you know, you'll probably have to show your loss of income, either medical expenses, okay. uh, you know, due to COVID. If you've had reduced income, um, they they may ask you, you know, to to show them, you know, the the medical bills. You know, if someone in your family has been afflicted with COVID nineteen, and that's what's put you in this hard spot. Sure. Or if uh, you've had a loss of income or reduced hours or whatever. So this is for legitimate claims people that have been legitimately impacted this is not just a free-for-all to pay for every this is people you you have to prove that you were impacted right yeah and yeah it can't just be that you know you decided not to work but I don't think I don't think there's many people that will try to game the system I think that there's a lot of people that really really do need help and maybe even people that have never needed help like this before yeah that's that's the people that are really uh, hard for them to reach out, Kelly. Exactly. And we want to make that as before. easy yeah. for them as we can. I understand. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I had a I had a layoff due to COVID myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the first time I've been un- unemployed in my adult life. It's yeah. a it's a it's a tough hit. Yeah. And so if you know, if anybody out there is in a situation you know where they've just never they've never needed help before please know that we we understand that whatever your situation is it's like there there'll be no judgment there's only acceptance and a willingness and ability to help you mm-hmm. and that's that's what we're and that's who that's we are. That's all we are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Kelly. Oh, we'll, sure. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll remind folks again at the end of the program. We'll give them those numbers and okay. things again if you want to. And if you're ready, we can move on. Yeah, th- uh, that'd be good. I'm, yeah, I was just looking over my notes to make sure I hadn't missed any, you know, anything important. But uh, uh, utilities, I wanted to stress again. That, utilities are yes, included. Yes, past due utilities. Yeah. Even if you've been able to keep your rent up to date, if, you know, especially with the cold month that we just came from oh, yeah and you know, exactly yeah mm-hmm. and those temperatures we were below freezing for you know several days in a row i think yes. we broke a record lo- locally it was cold it was yeah. and i know i know that impacted my you know electrical bill absolutely um so yeah if you have uh past due utility bills mm-hmm. uh we will you can qualify for the program for that as well okay so um yeah just anybody and everybody and even if it doesn't impact you you, if you know someone that it might, please share the information with them. Yes. Because uh, this can just be, it can it can really make a difference in somebody's life to relieve them of that stress and to, right. to you know, honestly just keep people from becoming homeless. Yeah. Which is a definite possibility and, if you're and, and We already have a problem. Before the pandemic, we mm-hmm. had a problem with that. And so, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, the thought of, you know, families, individuals becoming homeless because of that, it's just, uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that the, the program is out there. I'm yeah. really glad that Rutherford County government got such a, you know, such a good grant that, I mean, uh, 
that we can we can extend this program and i'm i'm really happy that we have great volunteers in the rutherford county democratic party that want to step up and help people yeah, so that's fantastic and yeah. that's really what it should be all really be about at the end of the day so yes definitely awesome, kelly thank you for that and so let's move on let's okay. let's talk a little politics now kelly i'm always up for that so yeah well uh we've so every 10 years uh we have a census in this country yes we do and that determines the redistricting it does. That's exactly what it does. Yeah. And so even though we had a little bit of a delay due to the pandemic mm-hmm. and, you know, probably a little hanky-panky. About who to include and what questions to include. And, yeah. Uh-huh. That, but that, but, but yeah. we do have census results. Yes. And so we're about to start redistricting. Can you talk a little bit about that, Kelly? What's going on with redistricting? Well, uh, one of the things that I like to emphasize is how important important your vote is because the people that are in charge of redistricting are the people that you voted in in the last election. Uh-huh. So uh, basically within Tennessee, uh, it's the the state legislature that gets mm-hmm. to decide how to draw the district map. Yep. Um, I don't know if everybody has had a chance to look at district maps, but <laughs> some of them are the most unique shapes <laughs> available oh, yeah. to man. Oh, yeah. uh, some of them were very convoluted, um, and they're gerrymandered to kind of protect the party that's in power. And that's been going on for a very long time. As long as there's mm-hmm. been a United States, mm-hmm. as long as there's been a census, I guess I should say. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's been, uh, once they start drawing districts then uh it's it's a very tempting thing uh once you you know kind of get one up to try to try to keep one up yeah elections have consequences right and Mm -hmm. you know in uh in all honesty uh both of the major parties have been doing this for a long time uh, depending on who's in charge right um but there's a big push nationally uh to uh make redistricting make districts drawn by just by population and by how they vote so that it doesn't so that it represents it, you get a representative democracy so it actually represents the people within that district instead of uh having the the district pick the voters right. <laughs> uh what would be preferable would be to have the voters you know pick the district right um so, so, so uh, yeah, I had um, uh, the new Tennessee Democratic Party chair, Hendrell Remus, yes. was on the show. And uh, because when I ran in 2016 in the 4th Congressional District, mm-hmm. uh, that district has four tele- – it goes from here to Cleveland, Tennessee, mm-hmm. two time zones, four television markets, mm-hmm. vast cultural difference between Murfreesboro and Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And so I asked Chairman Remus if he was prepared to challenge – any kind of crazy redistricting that may go on and he said yes oh well that's good and he they were prepared to fundraise off that so i i hope that oh uh, yeah that's wonderful because uh, it, it is a it is a vital concern mm-hmm. uh just because you want we are a representative democracy right you want it you want to maintain that that's the that's mm-hmm. who we are as a nation yeah. that's who we are as a state that's who we are as a county yeah. we want to have our elected officials actually represent the voters in that area yeah. and by you know 
drawing lines in order to, you know, keep uh, pockets of the voters that vote the way you think, then what you're doing is manipulating that, you know, to the betterment of one group or another. Right. And any of that manipulation is counter to uh, counter to the American ideal, as far as I see it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Counter to democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that really affects me. Uh it affects everyone who's running for office. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in the same house for um, 22 years, mm-hmm. and I've lived in uh, th- three different, uh, two different, I know of, maybe three different uh, state house districts. Yeah. And my house didn't pick up and you move across do. the street. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. um, so some of that is based on you know the population growing in a yeah. given area, but uh, a lot more of that was was based on uh, my neighborhood is a very it's an older uh, working class blue collar, uh-huh. very blue neighborhood. We vote Democrat, uh-huh. and um, it was split down the middle the last time ten years ago when redistricting occurred the last time. Uh, to dilute the vote of these hardworking folks that vote Democrat. Yeah, and that's something, you know. <clears throat> that's uh, one of the things that, that you know, you, you spoke about. And, and of course, our, we have a supermajority of the Republicans in Nashville. Yes. But some Democrats do to get to participate on this redistricting. Yes. Especially our uh, appointed uh, election uh Representatives, I know in Rutherford County is Miss Judy Whitehill and Miss mm-hmm. Carolyn, Carolyn Cox. Cox yeah. So one of those ladies will be on the representative, or will be a representative uh, for Rutherford County in this redistricting. Is that is that right? Yes, and I'm I'm grateful that those two women have stepped up to they're be our, uh, our representatives uh, in the election commission. Mm-hmm. They're they're wonderful. They help keep me informed as to uh, you know it's like with with all of the changes with mm-hmm. the you know voting during a time of COVID. Right. Uh, there there was uh, there were a lot of questions and a, you know extending uh, mail in voting and all that. They were they were very uh, responsive, very receptive to questions I had, and uh, and very in tune with the decisions that were being made. You know, blow by blow. Yes. Uh, so I I feel confident that they will represent us well and represent voters well. Yeah, fair. Yeah. That's all exactly. everyone wants, Kelly. Exactly. Just to be fair and honest, and and obviously these two are very trustworthy. People. Oh my goodness, yes, yeah, just impeccable. And, and let's talk about that because there are some questions about the integrity mm. of our election system. I've met. Our election commissioner. Mm-hmm. I've met the Republicans. I've met the Democrats, and I, I just can't believe that anyone would think that there would be hanky panky going on in Rutherford County. Can yeah, we talk about that. Let's talk about the big lie real fast. Oh my goodness! The yeah. elections here were fair. They were, and I, uh, I don't. I, I don't know if everyone knows, but it's like every candidate and the chair, the officers of the of each party gets an invitation uh, before each election to come and check out the voting machines and you know ask questions about the process. Yeah. Um, not many people show up. It's not you know everyone's cup of tea. Right. <laughs> and, and it could be that just a lot of people just trust the the wheels will turn, the process will go on the way it should. Yes. Um, I always show up partly because I'm just inquisitive by nature. Sure. I'm just a curious person. Right. And because I like you know I kind of 
I kind of want to see what how the sausage is made. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, so when I was a candidate, I went uh, to inspect the machines and uh, spoke with uh, Alan Farley then. Uh-huh. Uh, and as uh, uh, as chair of the party, I went this time. I think I might have been the only person that showed up. Right, <laughs> but I right. spoke with him at length because there wasn't a lot of competition for his time. And we went through, uh, I asked him specifically about the process of mail-in ballots because I knew a lot of people had questions about that. And that right. was where a lot of the big lie came from. Yeah. And after speaking with him and seeing you know, physically how they how they handle the ballots and that there's a representative from the election commission of the democratic party and the republican party there are two locks on it they both have to be present to get those ballots out and count them and it gave me it gave me so much confidence and i could explain that to other people that there there is no way those two people will collude with each other to make anything 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 uh, other than what those ballots are, you know, how those ballots come in and how it's intended to be. Yeah, those those folks that were selected to do that were, mm-hmm. were selected because of their integrity. Exactly. And and so to even question the integrity, and, and here, here we have Democrats mm-hmm. who didn't do well, Kelly, let's be honest. We, we lost again, didn't pick up anything in Rutherford County. Well, but, we picked up a lot of voters, we, but oh yeah, yeah because the turnout was great. great this we'll time. get to that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, but but we're sitting here saying that it was a fair election, and oh, we yes. lost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, there. I wouldn't cast aspersions on yeah, the the those folks. Yeah. Whether someone won or lost in Rutherford County based on on like you said any hanky panky. Yeah, it's like right. it was. Yeah. It was what it was. A fair election, and <laughs> yes. we accept that election, mm-hmm. and uh, and and move forward. There will be another day. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as you know, casting ballots, I think that that uh, I think that's. That's true. That there wasn't there wasn't anything uh, untoward about any of that. No, um, absolutely. I don't. I don't I, think so either. I think. Uh, I think I appreciate the fact that we have so many days of early voting. Yes. I think that makes the ballot accessible to a lot more people than it would be if it were just election day. Yes. Um, I think there are things that we could do in the county and the state that would expand that accessibility uh-huh. and i think those things need to be done yes. i don't think that's you know uh i don't think that means that there was something done to you know jimmy with the results in the past election right. but i think that expanding accessibility to the ballot will make it a more fair representation of the electorate absolutely kelly we were 15 years you're a native tennessean like me uh, well, no. Oh, are you but not? No. Okay. I thought you've you lived here your whole life. Or, no, but, no. I've yeah. lived here since I was about 12. Okay. So, well, that yeah. counts. <laughs> okay. That, that still counts. Okay. So so you've been here a long time. Oh, yeah. And Tennessee, you've been here long enough to know that Tennessee used to be 10th in the nation in voter participation. It, yeah. It used to yeah, And it used now to be we're 49th. A lot better. Yeah. That's a sad state of affairs. It really yeah. is. And yeah. so it's no wonder why Democrats want more people to vote. And oh. Republicans don't. Right. Yeah. Republicans are in power and they want to retain that power. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the people that don't have access to the ballot, uh, they presume and probably rightly so would vote Democrat if they could. Yeah. I mean, it's a direct correlation of who's in power versus how many people vote today. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's one of our major uh, focus issues is, uh, first of all, expanding uh, knowledge of why your vote is important. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people, uh, uh, especially the the voting block that isn't a voting block, you know, that, that don't vote uh, except in maybe uh, presidential elections or that don't really consider that their vote has an impact. Right. Uh, a big push of the Democratic Party in Tennessee and here in Rutherford County is to kind of let people know the impact that their vote has. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, and what, what, that would mean to them specifically to them personally right because it does have an impact absolutely um, and so convincing people that that uh might be on the fence about whether or not their vote matters that it actually does matter yeah. and why you know why that will impact them and their community and why it's an important thing to do uh and and also um making sure that we do what we can to uh, maybe increase the number of voting locations in the county, um, because that has an impact on turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and where those are placed has a big impact mm-hmm. on turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, the uh, as I'm sure you know, we were kind of the... Uh, the the beta test yeah, for the, the vote anywhere uh-huh. yeah and uh the uh the vote anywhere is nice especially if you don't work near where you live right. in rutherford county it makes it a lot easier for you to stop by the closest most convenient location and vote yes but when we did that we reduced the number of voting locations yeah. now some of those didn't have a lot a high turnout but uh, you know it's like the to look at where we got rid of voting locations in communities where right in communities where they might not be as mobile or you know it might not be easier for them to go to a location farther away that impacts how many people in that community are are uh have the ability to vote yeah and so so that's that's one thing that besides gerrymandering can can be changed to open up access to the ballot absolutely back to the mail-in voting thing and we'll get to mr exactly. Rudd here in just a minute so yes what it, an interesting story there and you know automatic uh, voter registration you yeah, know it's right. like i think that that sure. that should be a thing it should just be clear that the expectation is that yes you're a citizen of our county you're a citizen of our state and we expect you to have a voice and participate and you pay taxes and you should expect us to listen to it yeah, so right. i think we what we need to do is set it up so that we you know we walk the walk that yeah. if if we expect you to vote then why don't we just register everyone you know when they when they get the driver's get a driver's license 18, right you know it's Absolutely. like they make that available but yeah. it should just be an automatic kind of thing you I know agree. motor voter yeah. and it, that that's a, an easy thing to do but uh, there's pushback there's a lot of politics <laughs> there, involved in that so there is yeah. so we've hit the redistricting thing and so there's a big yes. unknown out there right now because as you touched yeah. on earlier rutherford county picked up a lot of democratic votes especially in the presidential election we did and yeah i was very pleased to see that it the, didn't it didn't outpace you know the high turnout you know of the republican party right. as well but uh if we can keep those people engaged and grow on that i think that you know we are, uh, as uh, I like to call it, a very purple county. We are yeah, no a, longer a red county. A lot closer than folks 
understand that we are. Yes. As a matter of fact, the New York Times put out an, uh, a very detailed map, is what it was called. And Rutherford County was one of the largest, flipping in particular the Cason Lane area, mm-hmm. flipped 23 points between 2016 and 2020. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, Kelly. That is amazing, yeah. And so. And the uh, northern part of the county, Laverne and Smyrna, oh, yeah. that gets more blue every day. Every it's day. a very big, it's a, it's a fast growth area of the county. Yep. And there's a whole lot of people that are working in Davidson or mm-hmm. move out of Davidson because of, you know, uh, high rent or, you know, right. what have you. So it's like the northern area edge of the county is almost becoming a bedroom community of Davidson County. Yes. And they, or people are moving in from out of state for the good jobs that we offer there. Right. And um, it's, it's becoming bluer every day, every U-Haul that comes in. Right. <laughs> it's like we're right. becoming more blue. Yeah. And so that gives me hope that we'll be able to, we'll be able to flip those, those districts that are already on the verge of you know very close flipping the whole district blue Mm -hmm. it's going to take you know a lot of hard work too you know kelly absolute power corrupts absolutely Absolutely. yes (laughs) and we have seen some things going on in the state house and let's go ahead and talk about it so so representative tim rudd Mm -hmm. recently introduced a bill uh to have basically a judge in nashville who ruled in favor uh-huh. of mail-in, mail-in balloting ballots. in yeah. the state of Tennessee, actually threatened the Secretary of State with contempt if he did not obey yes. her order, mm-hmm. which is what a judge, an independent judiciary, has the power to do. Right. Any court order, yeah, it has to be obeyed. That That's is the correct. power of the judicial branch. And the yes. independent power. And uh, Representative Rudd introduced a bill to try to have this judge thrown out mm-hmm. in Davidson County. And so, to my point about absolute power, the Republicans <laughs> have a supermajority. Yes. And my appeal, and, and see if you agree, but but don't we need more balance in Nashville? Oh, my goodness, yes. I, I mean, you know, it's like when when the, the balance of power is more evenly distributed— I, I think we get better we get representation, better we get yeah. better government, yeah. we get better laws, uh, because it's not, uh, it causes everyone to step up their game, yeah. you know, and it's like, it, it also causes everyone to represent all of the people. Right. Now, the part of the, that kind of goes back to the district lines and gerrymandering. Yeah. It's like, we, if... Uh, if we have a majority of people that vote Democrat, but the district lines are drawn to disenfranchise some of those people's voice, then right. we get Republican representatives that are representing um, a majority Democrat base. Area. Exactly. Right. Um, which means that their their wishes are not being followed through. Yeah. And when we have a better balance in the the state legislature and the state house then what that does is it causes more debate it causes more uh they check each other exactly it causes more common sense less basically right and well you know how it is it's like if you if you surround yourself with yes men then uh and nobody ever challenges any you know idea that you have then you have the idea and that's where it stops. And almost to the point to where they think they're untouchable. 
Kelly. Oh, did I you, believe they think that. Yes. Did you hear about the FBI paying a visit to the governor this week? Yes, I was. I was reading about that. I was very interested in that, mm-hmm. and also that they were quoted as saying it had nothing to do with raiding Glenn Casada's office that with with uh, the investigations and raiding the offices of the the people that used to feel untouchable in their power. Right. Um, but I'm not sure. So I'm not sure if that was a scouting expedition or if it. Uh, you know what exactly it is, or maybe there's just a reminder that well, the you is, don't have uh, untouchable that's power. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And that's once again, isn't it sad that the federal government has to come into a state? Oh, it's beyond sad. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And some of the some of the laws that are being proposed, including Tim Rudd saying that we should we should oust a judge who was doing their job and doing their best to make sure that people were safe voting during a pandemic. Interpreted the law as she saw fit. Right, and it was constitutional. You know, it's yeah. Um, Appointed by a Republican governor. Exactly. Uh, so to to feel as if you can you can put up a law like that and and it's not the first incident no. you know there have been a lot of laws that have you know been proposed and even passed that anyone a sixth grade civics student could tell you was unconstitutional mm-hmm. but they prefer to pass a lawsuit than a law right <laughs> and uh i have to think that that might be the reason that we have such a large rainy day fund is to uh yeah. to empower uh, lawsuits uh, to pay for lawyers if there was ever a rainy day haven't we seen pouring 12 i don't know what we're waiting for a rainy day it's pouring and everybody is getting wet and the water's rising and if this is not the rainy day to bring out that fund and help schools and help uh with housing and food insecurity it's like i i don't know what you're waiting for how bad do you expect it to get before you open up that rainy day fund absolutely well i like to think about people even our our ambulance drivers and our firemen and our policemen and the hazards the hazard pay that they should be supplemented by the state of tennessee yeah health care providers oh my goodness yeah Yeah. and and so we could be helping so many people Mm -hmm. with the money that we have um, the yeah. other side loves to brag about their our physical responsibility, which I oh, do think is important. It is important, state. yeah. But I always love to remind them that Democrats <laughs> were the one who passed the balanced budget amendment. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It wasn't Republicans. They're just following the law. Exactly. That they swore an oath to uphold. Yes. So they love taking credit for that, but I would love to remind them that it was Democrats that put that in the state constitution. And I like to remind them that uh, the economy always does better under a Democrat uh, uh, administration. And yes. yeah, the, the number of jobs created, the uh, performance of the economy, and you know just the general welfare of the populace right. is always better with the Democrat administration. It, it seems to be, especially yeah. when you get up to the federal level. It especially seems like at I, the federal you know, level. You have to just clean up the mess. But let's, exactly, circle, yeah. let's circle back. to So we talked about the redistricting. Right. And so let's circle to candidates now. Is the yeah. Rutherford County Democratic Party interested in candidates and do we really know what people might could run for until this redistricting is done? Um, well, basically, you you have to live in the district that you're running for. Right. Um, but if you you know if you are kind of in the midst of moving, um, 
the the law states that you have to live in that district by the time that you are sworn in. Right. So you know, so, some people because of jobs or you know situations might be moving. Sure. Now we we won't know for sure where mm-hmm. those district lines are mm-hmm. until the redistrict the, the maps are drawn. Are set. Right. Um, and uh, for instance, I am currently in Senate District Thirteen. Right. But like I said, when they split my my blue neighborhood down the middle that's that runs right down the middle of my street yeah so my neighbor across the street is in senate district 14 isn't that crazy it is crazy well, well, see i moved a half a mile one time and went from one district to the other and had no idea i was like my gosh i could throw a rock right well imagine moving across this across, across the, street the street and you're in a different yeah wow. so that runs right down my street so yeah. where the senate districts are going to be because rutherford county has two senate districts um, most of it the southwest portion is uh, Senate District 13, and that was the the district that I ran in in uh-huh. 2018. Okay. Uh, and uh, part of it is, the rest of it is in Senate District 14, and that includes uh, area outside of Rutherford County as well. So it's a, a slim part of our county is Senate District 14. Okay. Um, but where that line will change because of our population growth we just don't or know. because of, you know, gerrymandering, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or redistricting, you know, even if it isn't gerrymandering, we won't know until that redistricting that commission counted. decides yeah. it. Well, from the congressional level, there's a real, real chance that Tennessee could add a congressional district. Yes, I think Which, our population has grown to the point that, yeah, I, and, I think it's a sure thing that we will. And so that's going to be an open seat or potentially cause some chaos in the current status <laughs> yeah. quo. It's going to jumble up the, the puzzle it for sure. sure. That's right. <laughs> and so where we, they choose to put that is right. could have a big impact. Yeah. Um, there's there's kind of theories floating that they're going to, you know, throw the Democrats a bone and, and District 1, uh, one district to to be mostly you know democrat voters Uh and then add another republican seat sure um and and it sounds weird to say that they can add a republican seat but if you get to draw the district lines and you get to gerrymander it to your benefit then that's essentially what they do they choose whether or not they're going to allow us to have a democratic district and that just seems you know, foreign to the idea of it, democracy. It really does. Kelly, what can someone that's interested in possibly being a candidate but don't necessarily know what district they might be in, what could they do now uh, if they're interested in possibly running We would something? love to speak to anybody that's interested in running, even if they're not sure what they want to run for. Uh-huh. Um, we, have a, we have a list. Uh, most of our uh, representation uh, won't be up until 2022. Uh-huh. So in a way, that's good. It gives you uh, time to, you know, search out your options mm-hmm. um, and get a long-range plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and if folks want to dip their toe in, it's like you could work on another candidate's campaign mm-hmm. to see kind of what it's like. But if you really have the, you know, the heart for it and the passion and you want to make a difference, and right. then, yeah, contact the Rutherford County Democratic Party. We have uh, candidate interest and candidate training that's going on now uh, uh-huh. that uh, you can look at our Facebook page okay. and um, we you can sign up for it on there. Okay. Um, I think there's some that'll be happening this Saturday. But there is something for folks to do. Yes, they definitely. Check out the Rutherford County Democratic Party 
Facebook page. Yes, and, or and or call us. Uh, yeah, them. and we'll get in touch with you and you know talk to you about any questions or doubts you have or what will be open seats and right. even who you're running against. So so we're here as a sounding board. You know, just calling us doesn't commit you. We won't right. we won't hound you, but right. uh, we will be happy to talk to anybody that's ever thought. You know, maybe I should I should do that. You Absolutely. Know? Maybe maybe this is the time. And if you've ever thought about it, you know, this is the time. This yeah. this especially in twenty two is potentially uh, potentially going to flip this county. And that very well, could yes. Uh, we got a lot more new voters in the in the last election cycle, mm-hmm. and uh, if we can continue doing that, I think we could tip the balance. Uh, if you could turn those same voters out in a in an off year. Uh huh. And, yeah. and, you know, I'll tell you, Mariah Phillips did that in 2018. She did. Yeah. She maxed out the Democratic votes mm-hmm. uh, on a presidential level. And Chris Hale even added to that. Yes. Yeah. And what uh, we want to do is retain those folks and make them yeah, feel show up in a needed and feel really, heard. Yeah, and If you want to uh, make a difference, show up in a midterm because those, yes. a lot of the 30 percent of those Republicans will not be there. Right. And you just have more more bang for your buck, so yeah, to speak. It's do. like your vote counts so much more in a midterm. And and I think what a lot of people, it's easy to follow, uh, you know, federal level politics because that's all over the that's news, the national do. news it all is. the time mm-hmm. and even the local news. But your impact in a local election mm-hmm. is so much more. You know, it's like it doesn't take a lot of work to find out who's running for city council or right. county commission. Yes. Uh but there's some good folks that really do represent your best interests and want to make a difference, you know, a positive influence in their community. Yeah. And 22, it, Kelly, we're going to have um, a county mayor. Yes. Uh, I'm interested mayor. to find somebody that's that's anxious to run as county mayor. Um, I'm I'm uh, often embarrassed by our current mayor and the news that he gleans. It's not it's just not it's not who we are. And I think we need somebody who represents who we are. And it, yeah, if anyone has you know a background or interest in that, that would be that would be incredible. Uh, I think be we a want tough we got to be a tough job. To oh be yeah, the county mayor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah you kind of have to be called to public service. I yeah. think to run for anything. Absolutely. But and there's a, but there's a lot of people out there, and you know it's like you know who you are you know right, it's like right. you're that person that you know you live and breathe politics you know yeah. or you know uh that uh I, I mean i often say that you know i i follow politics like most people follow football yeah. you know right sure <laughs> and, and i follow both i love both yeah you, know? you yeah. can do that too oh yeah you can but we have a lot of seats coming up city we mayor do. county mayor uh, city council uh county commission seats yep. state rep seats yes is the state senate up in 22 uh, in the state well, they alternate, so the the um, odd ones will be up. So okay. Senate District thirteen, 13. will well, be what is up. thirteen now? Right. Yeah. What is uh-huh. yeah? So yeah. Uh-huh. However, that ends up after. And then of course, the, the U.S. House drawn. of Representatives will be yes. up, and yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to see how that all of that is redistricted. So there yes. will be opportunities for people who are interested in Plenty. serving their community. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone has different interests, Kelly. Like, oh, my, yeah. my thing is roads and infrastructure, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, but and, and no one talks a lot about that until they're but stuck it impact, in traffic. Right, it impacts your life on a daily basis if you commute. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. And, and well, after even this, if you don't commute, yeah. <laughs> the snowstorm mm-hmm. with all the potholes. Right. I mean, suddenly it's at the top of everyone's 
Exactly. But, you know, infrastructure also extends to, uh, you know, getting broadband access out into our county. Clean water. Yes. And, you know, it's like even if you don't commute, if you're not hitting a pothole every day, if you're working from home and your kids are doing homeschool, you know, or or distance learning, it's like the fact that we don't have broadband access in a great part of our, you know, uh, rural areas in Rutherford County is criminal. We need to address that. Yeah. This, you know, this is, if we want to remain, uh, uh, if we want to have a fighting chance in the economy of the next, you know, four or five decades, we have to get into this century (laughs) right now. So well stated. We have to look at the information highway Mm -hmm. the same way we look at a state highway. Exactly, including security, you know. Yes, Yes, very much on security, absolutely. And if anything, this pandemic has shown, especially with our children, how important that information highway is. It really has. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, people who are affected by that have known that for a while. You know, if you're trying to do a research paper in high school and you're out in, you know, Christiana, uh, or, you know, it's like, you know how that inhibits your educational opportunities. Yeah. Um, I I really think that what what the pandemic has done is shine a spotlight on all of the areas where we have failed our citizenry. Yes. Um, everywhere from uh, you know broadband access, mm-hmm. uh, healthcare access. Right. The fact that our state legislature won't pass Medicaid expansion uh-huh. and make make use of millions of dollars it's every year billions that we've turned down now yes yeah collectively mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. that uh, you know there is no good reason to not take advantage of that and and increase the number of insured people in right. our state yeah. and especially when you think that a, a great majority of those are children yeah. we need to ensure our children there is yeah. no way you can expect someone to come to school prepared to learn and thrive and be their best and seize the opportunities we offer them mm-hmm. if you know they have a toothache that's been there for three days because they can't afford to go to the dentist right or if they you know they have felt sick they don't feel great or even if it's just that they're you know, their mom or dad has missed work, you know, because they're sick or maybe and can't afford to go to the, and, yeah, the medical doctor. bankruptcy, right? I exactly. Mean, we lead the country in medical bankruptcy. Right. Here, and that so can threaten housing security, yes, food everything. insecurity. It's it, it, it. Everything has a cascade of things that come off of those important things. So so, you know, healthcare access, education, funding that well enough that we can we can pivot and all of the pressure won't be put on our teachers yeah. to carry the weight of that because right. our teachers have responded incredibly to the demands they of the have. pandemic. Yes. I am amazed at the the height that people have have risen to to make sure that their kids because you know they're their students but i know lots of teachers those are their kids right you know they feel that at a you know in their heart that they Mm want to do what's best for them and they do whatever it takes and you know it's like if you've had you know split distance learning and in in class it's like you're wearing more hats than you can fit in your closet and but they've stepped up and i think they've done just everything they, they could have. to make sure that they preserve the the learning that the kids have already had and that they move them forward in the way that they're expected to and even 
you know, supported them emotionally in this kind mm-hmm. of time. It's been, it's been hard. It's been a difficult time on everybody. Folks, yeah, and we need to support them by you know making sure that their schools have what they need, making sure that their their mm-hmm. technology is where it needs to be to mm-hmm. support this kind of you know stretch that we've had, right. and making sure that they don't have to come out of their own pocket to buy supplies for their classroom. Yeah. And paying teachers well, you know, funding our basic education program, right. uh, which they pay lip service to, but we really never have. Oh, boy, they <laughs> uh, sure do. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of things that the pandemic has just shown a big spotlight on that we really need to address. And, and even if the person you voted for didn't win, we have the responsibility to hold their feet to the fire and let them know that, you know, let Tim Rudd know that not only do you not want him to get rid of that judge because, you know, mail-in ballots helped you vote, but you expect him to do something about, you know, infrastructure, do something about expanding broadband, do something about passing Medicaid expansion, do something about funding our basic education program. Even if he's, if I didn't vote for him, because I sure didn't, but he's he's my district representation. And I expect him to do better. I expect him to do better for me and the people that voted for him. Well, it's funny you say that. And and, and because like uh, uh, the New Salem Highway, let me take that for example, right? Uh, Representative Rudd, every single representative from Rutherford County voted against it, the 2016 Improve Act, which was mm-hmm. the gas tax. Right, yeah. And so as a result of that, New Salem Highway has been expanded into a four-lane, if you, you know what it was like oh, when it was a two-lane. Yeah. And so we're, we're seeing some of those results despite our representative voting against this funding. Yeah, exactly. We and, progress in spite of their lack of leadership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree. So Kelly, you're kind of wrapping it all up here. Yeah. We've got a couple minutes left on the show, and it seems like we just started talking because I know you and I could talk about this forever. Oh yeah. But um, time just flies. <laughs> but, you know, one of the knocks on Democrats is economic prosper we don't have enough business people we don't have enough message of economic prosperity kelly doesn't infrastructure and digital infrastructure lead to economic prosperity doesn't oh, definitely health care lead to economic prosperity it does doesn't an educated workforce lead to economic prosperity it's all hand in glove yeah, yeah it's like if we have a better educated populace we attract better jobs we attract if we have you know infrastructure that supports um supports people you know living in one community and working in another if we have broadband that lets people work from home and and also get savvy in technology you know if your child grows up with uh internet access and all of the things that that come with that 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 comfort level with it then they're more likely to go into a field that utilizes that and a company that expects their their workforce to be technologically trained will feel more comfortable moving their headquarters or you know a branch here and pay better wages and if we pay better wages we reap the benefits as a state by collecting higher you know more in taxes and we can in in turn better provide for our roads and our schools so uh, yeah it, it it all is hand in glove it's like it, the the more we lift people up the more 
we lift our state up. Yeah. And so you can't expect people that are worried about where whether or not they're going to be evicted or whether or not they'll have food on the table to to enter into how do I how do I reach higher learning? Yeah, how do we become a how productive? How can I afford reach? college? Yeah. Right. <laughs> how do we get economic prosperity? Right. So Kelly, the, you and I both know in politics, messaging is everything, and we've oh, yeah. been labeled socialist, but everything that you just <laughs> laid out is capitalistic. It, yeah. And, and and I like to say the difference is is that we're capitalist with a conscious. We're yeah, humanist capitalist maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're concerned about yes. the people, but we know that that if we get the people healthy, if we give them the ability to do their job and educated, that they're going to excel. Right. That they're uh, going to provide for other people and well, help raise the the entire Exactly. There's a quote that uh, um, Craig Fitzhugh uh, mm-hmm. always says, and I just think it's the most, it's just a wonderful quote. We we all do better when we all do better. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's kind of simplistic, but it really is it's that simple. Truth. It really is that simple. Yeah. And, no, you know, it's like we we have a lot of uh, a lot of business people that are Democrats. We, we have do. a lot of, uh, you know, small businesses that are Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not like Republicans have a corner on the market. <laughs> right, right. But they um, want a message that they do. Exactly. Right. But no business ever succeeded without people. Of course. And so if we care about the people and we make sure they have what they need, mm-hmm. then they can seize opportunities when they come. Yeah. They can start their own business. Yeah. They can they can not be worried about you know food insecurity or housing insecurity. Then they can expand their education. They can be a better employee. They can attract better businesses. Start so a business you one can't day. Right, exactly, right. You can't yeah. support business without supporting the people. That's exactly right, Kelly. Um, anything else you'd like to add? We, we're running out of time here, but anything else you'd like to add for the uh, listeners of the in the middle podcast um just you know if if you're listening to this you're already politically minded so if anybody's ever told you you know you should run for office and uh and you weren't sure um i'm telling you you probably should look into it Mm -hmm. so give us a call um uh, look us up send us a message we're on you know facebook we're on twitter we're on uh um, Instagram, uh, and uh, you know, if you go to the state website, you can find my phone number. If you just want to talk to somebody and you know, see if you think you ought to, um, we're not gonna, you know, strong arm you, right. but uh, and even if you just want to, you know, see if you can see what it's all about, um, we we really need people that feel it's important to have good government yeah and that's that's kind of all we're here for so my main goal our main goal is to get democrats elected in tennessee yeah and that is the beginning and the end of it yeah and so if anybody has wants to play a part in any of that even if it's just volunteering for a committee Mm -hmm. um if you feel passionate about voter registration uh you know anything you feel passionate about we we will welcome you with open arms and find something for you to do and there's always something to do and that is what is going to make the difference that is what is going to tip this county blue that is what is going to tip this state blue and i believe it's possible not only possible i believe it's inevitable 
inevitable. Yeah, I do too. It's just a matter of time. I can't tell you when, but it's going to happen. Right. And people like Tim Rudd just make it easier for us. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Northcutt, the chair of the Rutherford County Democratic Party. Kelly, thanks for joining us today. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. I'll see you next week. Again.